You're listening to Cobb Conversations on the Business of Brands with Sudeep Chawla and Sharavana Raghavan. Sudeep, we try our best to avoid jargon in the podcast, don't we? Correct, we do. And I see your choice of topic today. Mention a term called GTM. Yes. And I'm not sure everybody would understand what GTM means. So, why don't you start with telling us what GTM is and what the topic for today's episode is? Hmm. Okay. GTM expands to go to market. Uh, I think a program like Shark Tank has brought this terminology into everybody's uh, lexicon. Today, we will talk about how uh, your brand choices or your branding choices should drive your decisions about GTM. Usually, GTM is meant to be thought from a sales and distribution point of view. Now, today, I want to make a point that the choice of GTM is actually governed by a lot of other strategic branding choices that you make. Mm-hmm. rather than just your sales and distribution thinking oh that's interesting so i know you are a great teacher so <laughs> i'm going to ask you to begin by defining what gtm is in the traditional sense and then yeah. how you defining it in on today's episode okay so simple definition to say gtm is usually defined as a pipeline established by an enterprise or a company to carry its products or services to its consumers yeah so that's what your gtm usually is it's a perfectly logical definition but i believe that it does not capture all aspects that can actually get delivered via a gtm and hence i'm putting a marketing twist to it gtm or go to market is the pipeline designed by an enterprise to reach engage and convince its customers or consumers about its product or service and to create sustainable competitive advantage wow so you actually adding the job of convincing consumers and creating a competitive advantage onto gtm itself and engaging yeah wow. yeah okay so how do you see this happening if you now view gtm of various brands that you've seen around you you will find evidence of this happening however more often than not we don't acknowledge it when we start thinking about gtm and hence this whole premise now think of a for example a pizza chain anywhere around you there are a number of gtm choices that you will be making but some of the more obvious ones are that you will think about you know having a consumer facing outlet versus a cloud kitchen which is in fashion these days if you think about a consumer facing outlet do you want an outlet in a high traffic area high consumer traffic area or in some by lane do you want an owned outlet or do you want to franchise your outlets do you want dine in or you want delivery or you want both and from the delivery component are you doing self fulfillment or via aggregators okay aggregators meaning zomato and zomato swiggy, swiggy etc yeah so these are various ways in which your business interacts with your consumers and all of them are legible ways 
So how do you make that choice? It does not depend just on the fact that you are opening a pizza outlet. It depends on what your value proposition or what your branding proposition to the consumer is. For example, if Pizza Hut and Domino's were making the same choices, now if you look at your outlets in the market, you would see both of them made distinctively different choices. Some choices are common, some are very different. For example, you will find that Domino's, yeah, now to make sure that they are able to unlock reach, they franchise their outlet, so does Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, you will find, are fairly large outlets, mainly dine-in. Uh, I was looking at YouTube the other day and I was trying to find Domino's ads. You know, the Paresh Rawal uh, Domino's ad was about 11-12 years back. Yep, Pizza Free. Yeah, Tananananari. Yeah. So, that is the jingle they made. So, I didn't realize it is about 10-11 years back. It's a 2011 ad, I think. For 10-11 years now, they've had their focus on delivery. Now, they might have taken out the 30 minutes of free uh, promise uh, sometime back. But the core focus on delivery has never changed. While Pizza Hut never focused so much on delivery and their prime focus was always on dining experience as well as on the quality of pizza. And somewhere down the line, if you remember, a lot of people had started giving feedback that Domino's Pizza now tastes like a cardboard, etc. So they also did a few campaigns around uh, product How they've improved the product. Yes, yes. But their core proposition still remains Delivery. Delivery. home delivery. Therefore, look at the choices that they make. You will find their outlets very, very small, usually. Mm-hmm. Very few of them will have any indoor seating space. You will always find a lot of uh, delivery vehicles parked outside. They will never deliver via an aggregator app. Oh, really? If you order on Zomato, you order on Swiggy, do you know who delivers your pizza? It's still Domino's? Domino's does. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, if you try tracking on Zomato, they will say we can't track it because the delivery partner is the restaurant itself. Okay. Okay. Now, that's a strategic choice that they have made that we will control our delivery experience. Hmm. We can't leave it to any of our delivery partners. So, to them, the delivery is as sacrosanct as a pizza kitchen is to some of the other guys. That's the core focus. That's what branding choices make you do. Only and only if you make your GTM choices, which are in consonance with your branding choices, then you will be able to deliver your value proposition to your consumers time after time in the manner that you really want to deliver it. So it is all about owning those critical pieces of GTM, which you think are critical to deliver your value proposition and executing on those pieces of GTM so that your value proposition definitely gets delivered. That makes a lot of sense. And it also kind of triggers another point for me that the entire cost structure would also be defined by this, right? The fact that they did not have dine-in restaurants should help them manage their cost angle, manage their entire value system within within the business in a different model altogether. Yeah. And that is why even Pizza Hut, when they launched, uh, they tried to do the delivery called PhD, Pizza Hut Delivery. Mm. They really couldn't crack it because the entire system was not engineered for delivery business. Yeah. 
Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. And see, in retrospect, the examples look extremely logical and almost obvious. If I were to push it to say, how should a new business or an emerging brand go about planning their GTM? Focus on two things. One, these three, four words that I added to the definition of GTM. And number two, I've tried to construct a two by two matrix, which will help make a little bit of decision making easier for startups, business owners who are, you know, now thinking about how do I reconstruct, modify or construct new parts of my GTM. So I'd like to talk about these two things. Okay. And then within that framework, I will give you a few more examples of brands who have already been there or some of the brands which are, you know, just upcoming, etc. And hopefully that will help all our listeners appreciate the points being made. Perfect. Let's go. So we spoke about reach. So reach is about providing access. Then second part was engage. Now, when it comes to engage, I just want to stress on the fact that it is about drawing attention of the consumer and sometimes about involving the consumer. For example, sometimes your brand's need is to make the consumer fall in love with their product. A lot of the times where consumers are not aware of your product or not aware of the category itself, you want pe- you want consumer to be involved so that they educate themselves about it. For example, if you walk into a mall, Walk into a chroma, for example, and if you are looking for speakers, if you've seen, you will find all sorts of speakers lying around in chroma. You will not see Bose lying around anywhere. Bose would have always constructed a small room, a demo room. Bose wants to involve you because Bose knows that there, the value that they command, the price that they command needs justification. They will make sure that the customer experience is controlled such that the consumer is able to see the justified value. So you start appreciating smaller nuances or eccentricities of some brand when you start understanding what their value proposition is. So that is about involvement. Yeah. So therefore we said reach. Reach is providing access. Then there is engage. Engage is about drawing attention, involving. Then third is convince. Convince is simple. Convince is about sealing the deal. I want to convince you to buy me yeah, or to buy into the category. Convince could be anywhere. So for example, why would an Apple uh, invest into their own branded stores? They can always ride on chromas of the world, right? There is a reason why brands want to have their own branded stores. Yeah, It gives them an opportunity to involve. It gives them an opportunity to convince. Finally, all of it is delivered at the point of sale, but in various ways. Got it. And last part, the fourth one was sustainable competitive advantage, which is about creating preference over various other options that might be available to consumer for the same need state. And that would be a POS material and, and all of that? All of it? Could be anything. For example, you might believe, if you remember, Sharon, uh, when we were in Cadbury, when I was in my Delhi East in 2007, uh, no, rather 2008, we had launched this new brand called Bubbalu. We had just entered into this category of bubblegums and there were significant number of other players. Our differentiation against the others was that the, the quantity of liquid inside was significantly high. And therefore, it was supposed to be more pleasurable experience for the 
consumer the way we were taught to demonstrate was to go to the shopkeeper ask him to open the mouth and then squish the gum in your hand such that the liquid comes oozing out and if you do it for any other gum it would hardly give out any liquid that is creating sustainable competitive advantage so every brand finds a way of delivering sustainable competitive advantage if they invest properly into their gtm so therefore reach engage convince sustainable competitive advantage these four responsibilities now rest on gtm you're listening to cog conversations on the business of brands your hosts are sudeep chawla marketing practitioner business leader and educator to advertising and marketing professionals and sharavana raghavan of vitral brand expertise growth consultants to consumer facing brands and businesses for more information go to cobcast.net if you find this podcast helpful please help us by telling your friends and rating us now let's see the deployment of these responsibilities imagine a 2 by 2 framework on your x axis uh, towards the right of the x axis is what i call as democratizing reach so this axis is of brand mission what is your brand setting out for is it wanting to reach everybody is it democratizing access and on the other hand of the axis is bespoke experience for example parle g set out to democratize glucose biscuit access and on the other hand some handmade chocolatier would possibly say that i want to create bespoke experience right so cadbury i think some time back set up a chocolate store in mm. geo world the printing chocolate printing the chocolate store. printing one yeah so that's mm. bespoke experience right you go and pick up your name letters and or your gift whoever your gifty is so you pick up that and give it to them so that's bespoke experience so therefore you have to be clear for your brand what are you for your consumer what are you trying to create are you democratizing access or are you bespoke yeah and you will possibly hopefully lines lie somewhere in this continuum yeah so your x axis is brand mission now your y axis is category structure yeah so on the top of the y axis is well known category high competition and on the bottom of the axis is unknown category low competition yeah and usually that is how it is a category which is not very well known will have very few people in it the other day i was listening to uh, the founder of off business okay yeah one of the currently celebrated startup i found him very very good so off business started their business with commodity trading yeah and then they went into uh, financing uh, these kind of trades etc and these businesses so somebody asked him why did you get into this kind of a trade dealing in gases metals etc does not seem very attractive glamorous yeah he said that's the basic point very few people know about it so therefore there was no competition ah okay 
so if you pick up a very glamorous very glitzy category you are bound to face a lot of competition right i picked up something which was so boring and so alienating to most people you don't sit and talk about methane in your drawing rooms do you <laughs> so he said that is why i picked it up so that kind of hit me that this is a category which is relatively less known and hence no competition perfect yeah the more known a category is the more competition you are bound to face so the, now your x axis is your brand mission your y axis is your category structure and now you have divided yourself into 2 by 2 matrix Got now it. look at your top right matrix which is the matrix which which is top right quadrant the quadrant so is high about on axis and high on category structure correct so therefore it is where you want to democratize reach and where the category is fairly well known and there is lots of competition right now so therefore in that particular quadrant because it you want to democratize reach your gtm has to give you reach out of those four responsibilities that i put up now other three are engage convince sustainable competitive advantage out of these three sustainable competitive advantage is most important because it is a category structure of high competition so these are the two things that your gtm has to solve for so now think about a category like a toffee your regular 1 rupee toffee now all of us know the concept of numeric distribution and weighted distribution numeric distribution in percentage terms is total your uh, you know the percentage outlets in which you are present yeah out of the total outlets where the category is present now weighted distribution is what is the percentage contribution of outlets where you are present to the total category yeah now in candy category or in toffees usually there is not much difference between weighted and numeric distribution that is because there are very few outlets which will sell lots and lots of candy and there will be very few outlets which will sell very few candy yeah it is almost democratically built category and hence the every player who comes in by and large wants to democratize reach the only way to do that is by building significant distribution you need to be available at all kind of points of buying even availability online will not do the job for you because you want to be present whenever there is an opportunity for a consumer to be lured by you so therefore when you are setting up a gtm for a toffee category number 1 you will invest into some kind of a channel some kind of a method direct indirect to create significant reach to a lot of outlets there is no other shortcut to it unfortunately there is no magic formula there is no magic wand there now second part is competitive advantage now when you are setting up or your gtm you are continuously thinking about competitive advantage now how do you deliver competitive advantage in this particular scenario one of the first things that you spoke about is via posm or via your the jar or whatever else is carrying your candy there the color of your candy etc etc right now all of those have to be designed to be suited for your gtm if you know that you are going to get sold at a pan outlet and therefore you know how a typical pan outlet looks hence you need to design your product such that it becomes amenable to uh, front of shop display in the pan outlets and it is it is attractive enough to attract attention from everybody who is walking in 
Additionally, because you are going for significant amount of distribution, it is unlikely that you will be able to service all of them on your own. And hence, your GTM must include wholesale. And since you will include wholesale, the wholesale does not work without creating demand. And hence, you will need to create some amount of demand. You will need to invest into branding. So, all of these are completely conjoined. They are joint at the hip. All of these choices are getting made all together. So, therefore, that is one side of the axis, the simplest one. Now, let's move a little leftwards. You're still in the category which is well-known. Many competitors. But now you are moving towards the bespoke side. But you are also in a well-known category. High competition intensity. High competition intensity. Let's take handmade chocolates, for example. You know, almost every second bakery does handmade chocolates. Toffee side, you could think of things like Candyman Eclairs, Cadbury Eclairs, etc. What they do. Right. Now on this side, when you go about handmade chocolate, bespoke chocolate, etc. One of the examples that comes to my head is Fabel. Hmm. ITC. By ITC. Hmm. Yeah. Now, while it does not look exactly like a handmade chocolate, yeah, usually your handmade chocolate would be small, irregular shaped or very nicely de- designed shapes in, in, a, in a box. If you go and look at what Fabel says, what it does, almost they position it almost like a handmade chocolate made by a chef with you know precisely one praline with one almond dropped into it etc etc what are the kind of gtm choices you are likely to make Hmm. you are still in a high competition zone so therefore creating competitive advantage is going to be one of the deliverables of gtm right but now you've moved to the bespoke side so therefore reach is not needed the other two are convince and engage they need to engage and they need to create competitive advantage usually fabel will be present largely in itc hotels or they will have exclusive outlet in high traffic high uh, high imagery areas yeah maybe in an airport or some kind of a mall etc yeah now in all of these places whenever a consumer walks in they control the consumer experience completely so therefore number one by being present in all of these places they are controlling the imagery they are already exuding some kind of imagery now when a consumer walks in that gives them an opportunity to engage and with the sort of assortment that they have they will have an exclusive chef standing there talking about the chocolates etc and the quality of that chef will be really good and you won't find a regular salesman standing there so therefore they are able to engage the consumer draw their attention in show them what all goes inside the product how is it lovely what what are the kind of things that they've put in and that is where they start delivering their competitive advantage yeah they will force you to say that see this is how our chef hand picks one almond and looks at the perfect shape and drops it into the chocolate etc etc and you'd almost feel that this is this this piece of chocolate has exclusively been made for you So that's how they will create that experience. That's how they will engage you and then make sure that they deliver sustainable competitive advantage. Hopefully the product delivers it too. And hence possibly you would want to come back to them whenever you have a special occasion next time around. Got it. Now let's go towards the bottom side of Y-axis. Now we are entering into the realm of 
lesser known categories with low competition because there is low competition there is not much need to build sustainable competitive advantage as of now let's go towards right first so a category which is relatively unknown but is trying to democratize reach where the category is still not as defined but they want to go mass something like a healthy chocolate like the whole truth now whole truth has not really invented uh, the concept of chocolate the concept of chocolate the lure of chocolate is already there what they've done is they've created a niche for themselves to say that we make chocolates which don't contain any chemical they don't say that you will eat my chocolate you will become healthy transparent ingredients transparent ingredients etc natural ingredients right now hmm. that's a category which is not so difficult to understand but the problem that we have always been fed with is anything healthy can't be tasty and therefore what they need is to convince right they have very little need to make you drool over chocolates because you already drool over chocolates so therefore because they are trying to democratize reach you will find that number one gtm they need reach therefore you will find the whole truth is available across all your platforms online platforms they are also not now available in offline stores because they set out for democratizing reach to their category their product and the second thing that they need to do is convince it is a two step process number one to build conviction people need to see that you are coming from the right place so therefore they first establish credibility so they have blogs they have content they have youtube channel everything about health so therefore they are building significant credibility that people will believe that okay if this guy is talking from a health point of view he might be right task of conviction generation becomes easier if you have built credibility their blogs their work their youtube channel etc etc all is part of their gtm if you look at their packaging also you will find that the packaging does not look as much like a regular chocolate there are very few drool shots there yeah so they've tried to disrupt all of the category codes but they have tried to remain true to their core positioning of being a health expert now we are left with one quadrant bespoke as well as a category where very few people know about it there is no competition yeah so this is where you do work which is so specialized something like a levofi for example yeah so now levofi does umpteen number of tests etc on you mm-hmm. and uh, or or brands like those will do tests etc they will understand your bodily requirements and then they will custom design uh, food chocolates etc for you or snacks for you oh wow it's a very bespoke program with significant amount of scientific intervention in it so therefore now in this one they don't need a gtm to create reach at all but what they need is number one they want to convince you they have no need for competitive advantage there is no competition so the only thing that they need to do is engage and convince how will they engage you they will make sure that you read through a lot of stuff around this they will keep taking updates from you all the time they will keep putting markers of progress yeah so there is only engagement and conviction generation that is happening there and hence you will not find some of these brands any of these brands on flipkart amazon etc etc right and, and in fact not being there works to their advantage right correct they remain more bespoke correct yeah and all of this sharan applies in b2b also 
सो दिस फ्रेमवर्क शुड हेल्प यू रिगार्डलेस ऑफ वट काइंड ऑफ बिजनेस यू आर इन एंड यू विल नीड टू मेक श्योर दैट यू अंडरस्टैंड योर ब्रांड मिशन यू नीड टू अंडरस्टैंड योर कैटेगरी स्ट्रक्चर एंड यू नो वॉट योर वैल्यू प्रोपोजिशन इज गोइंग टू बी या इफ यू नो योर वैल्यू प्रोपोजिशन एटसेट्रा यू विल बी एबल टू मेक चॉइसिस This is brilliant, Sudeep. I, I think when you started off with GTM having to be defined by the brand decisions you previously made, it kind of sounded a little vague, but the examples added weight. But this two by two framework gives you so much clarity, and I'm sure we're going to put this in the notes, right? You're going to give give a graph in the notes. Yes, yes, ah, I will. Perfect, because that'll be easier to visualize. But it makes so much sense that all the examples came from the same category. and also not one of the quadrant is a bad quadrant to be in depending on your brand strategy any quadrant could be the right quadrant for you and that can tell you what you must leverage your gtm for that's amazing yeah. sir thank you thank you so much thank you for listening to cob Conversations on the business of brands with Sudeep Chawla and Sharavana Raghavan. Subscribe and learn more at Copcast.net. That's C O B B C A S T. Net.